0: Hello, in this conference we're going to be talking about the lies we live our life by, the lies we tell ourselves about ourselves, and the way these lies wound us and affect our real life now. So we're going to start with five identity pitfalls or lies that we can believe about our life. These are based on the writings of Henry Nowen, popular priest and spiritual author. And as I read these, um, I'm gonna read them very quickly through the first time, and then we're gonna go back to them. So the first lie is, I am what I have. The second lie is, I am what I do. The third lie is, I am what other people say or think of me. The fourth lie is, I am nothing more than my worst moment. And the fifth lie is, I am nothing less than my best moment. Five lies, identity, pitfalls, and each of these disconnects us from the precious treasure that we are. And Renown wrote, spiritual identity means we are not what we do or what people say about us, and we are not what we have. We are the beloved daughters and sons of God. These lies create this inner separation. God loves us for who we are as persons, as his creation, as his temples. But when there are wounds that have made these temples of God fragile, hurt, dirty, scared, we turn to other things for our identity. So let me read these five pitfalls again slowly. In prayer, I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to raise to our awareness whatever He knows we need to see or hear as this year ends. The first pitfall or lie is, I am what I have. The second pitfall is, I am what I do. The third pitfall is, I am what other people say or think of me. The fourth pitfall is, I am nothing more than my worst moment. And the fifth pitfall is, I am nothing less than my best moment. In the book, The Inner Voice of Love, Henry Nowen wrote, Your true identity is as a child of God. This is the identity you have to accept. Once you have claimed it and settled in it, you can live in a world that gives you much joy as well as pain. You can receive the praise as well as the blame that comes to you as an opportunity for strengthening your basic identity, because the identity that makes you free is anchored beyond all human praise and blame. You belong to God, and it is as a child of God that you are sent into the world. So what do we do with these lies? There are many different ways we can look at how we renounce the lies, or these pitfalls that are running our life, and and ways that we can reclaim the truth. In his book, Kill the Spider, Carlos Whitaker put out a three-step process for him of identifying the lie, renouncing the lie, and replacing the lie with the truth. So according to Whitaker, first we need to name the lie. Whether you say it out loud to yourself or tell a friend, you need to call out the lie. Then you need to renounce it, and then to decide that the lie will no longer drive or burden you. And then determine to replace it with the truth. So if we are going to replace those lies with truth, here's how we would define those truths. The five truths about our identities, these five truths, are according to Carlos Whitaker in his book Kill the Spider and again calling on the Holy Spirit to guide us. I'm simply going to read them as he has formulated them in an openness of spirit and great trust that God will guide you. First, there is no product which will make me feel secure in who I am. Who I am is a gift I've received from God. Second, what I do flows out of who I am. Third, I can either live for the approval of others, or I can live from the approval of Jesus. Fourth, I am not a failure. And fifth, I am not defined by my success. now now let's take this reflection on lies deeper and talk about lies that we tell ourselves about ourselves so wounds are strongholds of the mind and emotion that are based in identity lies wounds are strongholds of the mind and emotion that are based in identity lies. Dr. Ed Smith in the book book Healing Life's Hurts writes, More often than not, the emotional pain we feel in the present tense has been triggered by lie-based thinking, which is rooted in memory. Lie-based thinking is the false belief that one holds in the memory learned during a specific life event. So, what is he saying? What brings this about? These lies get planted in our hearts as young children through our interpretation, or at times, misinterpretation of events that we experience. So the emotional pain we feel in the present tense has been triggered by lie-based thinking which is rooted in our memory, usually from our childhood and teen years. From the wounding event, we come to believe false things about ourself and God. We hold these beliefs that we learned from this specific event in our memory. And it is these beliefs and wounds then that get triggered in events that we experience now. So, for example, if I experience rejection now, an event happens around me in the present tense and I experience it as rejection of myself, I find my woundedness overwhelming me and clouding my judgment based on the lies I have believed since an experience as a child in which I experienced rejection, that was very painful for me. So I may have misinterpreted that childhood event to mean to me that I was rejected. And perhaps it wasn't intended that way by the other party. But how I processed it, interpreted it, is what I carry through life. Along with the lies I tell myself about myself as a result. These wounds and lies then distort our identity. So here are seven deadly wounds and how they distort our identity. And this comes from the work of Dr. Bob Schutz based on Dr. Ed Smith. So there are seven deadly wounds and the lies that distort our identity. So the first is abandonment. I am all alone and no one understands me. The second is shame. And the lie is I am bad, dirty, perverted. It's my fault. The third wound is fear. If I trust, speak, confront, I will be hurt or die. The fourth wound is powerlessness. I feel overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. The fifth wound is rejection. The lie is I am not loved or wanted. I have no value. The sixth wound is hopelessness, it's never going to change, there is no hope. And the seventh deadly wound is confusion, I don't know what's happening to me. So we're going to look briefly at each of these seven deadly wounds. and. Again, I'm going to read these slowly with pauses, so you can be really aware of what is surfacing for you. So the wound of abandonment. I believe that I am alone, that nobody sees me unless I show off. So I white-knuckle achievement and perfectionism If I keep people's attention, then they won't ignore me or leave me. These are just some ways that this wound of abandonment then can turn into present tense activity. How we can experience the wound of rejection. I believe that my lovableness is a function of pleasing or serving others. I believed what he said about me. I trusted her judgment when she left me out, and I play these scenes on a loop in my head. Examples from The Deadly Wound of Hopelessness. I believe that nothing can change my opinion of myself. At times, my only hope is in the opinions of others. And devastatingly, God's opinion isn't always first among them. Examples from the deadly wound of powerlessness. I believe that I'm weak when things are out of my control. I feel cornered, exposed, and defensive even in confessing my sin. Examples from The Deadly Wound of Confusion I believe the stories I tell myself about how others hear me or see me, regardless of the facts or even evidence to the contrary. Examples from the deadly wound of fear. I believe that people want to hurt me, or at least don't notice or care very much if I am hurting. And I even know how sad that sounds. I live afraid. I sometimes drown in the anxiety of the next time the cross will get too heavy or my heart will be broken. Examples from The Deadly Wound of Shame. I believe that I am unimportant and unworthy because of what I look like, what I did, or how I was treated. You to open your hands very gently. Jesus comes and puts his hands under yours. You feel his presence. It's safe. It's comforting. Strong. It's almost as if you feel the powerful presence and love of the Father being transmitted into you through His hands. as you stay there I'm going to read now the five identity truths that we have found in the letter to the Ephesians along with other verses of scripture and as you hear them Hear them said to yourself, or by yourself, I am favored. I have received God's unmerited favor and spiritual peace as I was chosen by God himself before the foundation of the world. But you, my child, are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. I am redeemed. I was chosen to be holy, consecrated and set apart for Christ, adopted as God's own child through Jesus Christ. In Him I have redemption through His blood, the remission of my offenses, through the riches of God's gracious favor. My child, don't be afraid, I've redeemed you, I've called your name, you are mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you, all of Egypt, with rich kush and seba thrown in. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade the creation just for you. I am loved, the same love he has for Christ, his beloved Son, the Father has for me. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that all who believe in him might have eternal life. child, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. I am sealed. I have been stamped with the seal of the Holy Spirit. I have received His grace, which is simply a first installment of the future inheritance that is coming. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. It will come about after this that I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. I am filled with God's power. I experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to me through faith. God's mighty power that raised Christ from the dead works through me. that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. For Jesus was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but in dealing with you we will live with him by the power of God What is stirring within your heart? Within your identity. Your desires. When you look into the eyes of your lover, your savior, your brother, your shepherd and He tells you these things, what stirs within you. We have an authority of who we let tell us who we are. We have that choice. We don't need to believe what they say as true. We need to give that authority back to God. There is unspeakable peace in growing in the truth of who God says we are. That the same Savior who can forgive our sins can also heal our wounds and make us whole. Amen.